Today on CityCast Denver. To fix our crumbling roads or not? That is the question. Well, it was one of the questions lawmakers grappled with this session before eventually compromising on a massive transportation funding bill last week. In the end, they came up with a bill that nobody seems to love a whole lot, but everybody seems to to have something to like about, even if they don't like the whole thing. We're breaking down the bill and asking why it took so damn long to pass something as fundamental as money to fix our roads. Democratic states do it, Republican states do it. Colorado does not, um, seems to run into these roadblocks. Today is Monday, June 7th, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. And here is the news. We've got another warm one on our hands today. It's going to be mostly sunny with a high near 90 and a chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. On Friday, Governor Jared Polis announced the first million-dollar winner in his vaccine sweepstakes. Sally Sliger of sweet little Mead, Colorado, population 5,000. Exit 245 on I-25 towards Fort Collins is now $1 million richer, thanks to her good sense to get a vaccine. I know the route well because that's where my parents-in-law live. And we were texting a bit about it on Friday afternoon after the announcement, and they said that Sally lives just down the road from them. It's great news for Sally, and hopefully for Mead, but according to some recent reporting from Axios Denver, the vaccine sweepstakes don't seem to be having their intended effect. Since Polis announced the giveaways, vaccination rates have continued to plummet. But I don't know. Maybe it would have been even worse without the sweepstakes. Who knows? Also on Friday, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets beat the Portland Trail Blazers 126-115, taking the first round series in six games. Next up, the Nuggets will take on a dinged-up Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns starting tonight. The Suns just beat LeBron James and the Lakers, and they're favored to win, but we'll see about that when the series comes back to a fully packed ball arena later in the week. The bill we are introducing today is the product of hundreds of hours of stakeholding. Of months it's been a very strange legislative session at the Colorado Capitol this year. When lawmakers convened back in January, they had piles of bills left over from the shortened session in 2020. The Democrats controlled both the House, the Senate, and the governor's mansion, and it seemed like there was potential for major legislation on criminal justice, guns, health care, and the climate. Over the course of the session, they held remote hearings, remote votes, and now that they're mostly back in person, lawmakers have got a big mess of federal stimulus money to divvy up. And with the proceedings set to end later this week, things are really heating up. I'm not just talking about the politics either. I know someone who works at the Capitol, and he told me the other day that there are some parts of that historic building that can be downright sweltering when the session goes too late into the summer. And did I mention it was going to be 90 degrees today? But in terms of legislation, the Democrats have already achieved one of their main goals. Last week, after years and years fielding complaints about our crumbling transportation infrastructure and passing piecemeal, one-off compromises with Republicans, the Democrats passed a massive $5.4 billion transportation package. And it sounds like Governor Polis is going to sign it. Um, today was a shorter one, so I just went to Mount Falcon, which uh, all the Jeff Copen spaces are pretty good. 
John Murray is an enterprise and transportation reporter for the Denver Post. He's been reporting on the long road to get to this compromise bill, which started in 1991 with the passage of the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. Tabor, as it's known, has pretty much blocked any increase in the gas tax that funds our transportation infrastructure. And that, plus the population explosion we've had, means roads are crumbling, potholes are widening, and people are complaining about traffic more and more across the state. John Murray, welcome to CityCast. Thanks for having me. So, John, I have to say, as um, as the legislative session was getting going this year, and I started to see these reports about a new big transportation infrastructure bill coming together, I felt some deja vu. Feels like every year we keep talking about a big transportation infrastructure bill, but this one's finally happening. Is this? Am I wrong? Is this a story that's been going every year for a while now? Yeah, it, it has been. Um, and it, it goes back to when the the parties each had control of one of the chambers. And so they had to kind of come to bipartisan solutions and they were able to kind of around the edges, but never to kind of a big grand bargain. You know, Utah next door to us, which is a very conservative state, they just raised their gas tax. They um, It's not an easy thing to solve, but they, they put their heads together and they, they do it. Democratic states do it. Republican states do it. Colorado does not, um, seems to run into these roadblocks. Hmm. Okay, so I want to get into all of that in a minute, but we should probably talk about what exactly is in this bill, because it's going to Polis's desk for a signature probably sometime this week, right? Uh, yeah, it should be heading to him sometime this week. Okay, so what is in this bill? What, is, what does it do? They are sort of balancing on the beam between a couple of different competing priorities. Um, one is fixing roads and highways, and the other is kind of trying to chart out a, a future where we're re- less reliant on highways and have more electric vehicles to the extent that we are, but also that we support transit, that we support biking, that we have other alternatives to driving, and that we work on um, this whole greenhouse gas issue that we got. Um, so there's different initiatives in this bill that totals about $5.4 billion. Some of that is stimulus dollars that are coming from the federal government as well as, as some state spending after the pandemic. Then there's you know about two-thirds, $3.8 billion, I don't know if that math works out, is uh, new fees um, that years ago would have been called taxes, but because of Colorado's interesting financial climate um, are fees because they're user fees um, that we don't have to go to voters to um, ask for approval. Right. Right. And the reason why a tax increase would have to go to the ballot is because of the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, or TABOR, which Republicans defend, but they're out of power. And so Democrats are working around it with these fees. But John, maybe we can get into a little bit more detail here. Where, where exactly is the money coming from and where is it going to go under this bill? So we got this um, you know, 22 cent per gallon gas tax and this will you know, start at two cents on top of that. And uh, after uh, seven years, it'll be at eight cents per gallon. It'll go up every year. Um, and then after that, it'll be indexed to like an inflation index um, so that it keeps rising. Um, one that I think will catch a lot of people by surprise or, you know, it's for deliveries. So you order something from Amazon that gets delivered to your house. You order some food for delivery anything physical that can be delivered essentially that you would pay sales tax on, you will now pay a 27 cent delivery fee. And the, the rationale behind that is, hey, you know, these Amazon trucks that are vans that are out there and in delivery vehicles, they're using the roads, it's where additional wear and tear. So since that commerce is happening on the public system of roadways, we're going to charge them user fees 
um, that customers will pay. There's a similar so it's the thing. Customer that's paying those yeah. fees. It's not. It's not Amazon paying. Right, them. and and I mean theoretically it is, but they'll they'll gladly pass it on to you, and it'll probably it remains to be seen. But I think it'll be um, something that you see on the receipt. So this is going to be kind of the one required fee that they have to charge, and you know I guess it's up to them if they want to reduce their own fees um, to compensate, or if they'll just put it in as another line item that you have to pay. Mm. Then similarly, like, you know, Uber and Lyft rides, you'll have a, a ride hailing fee that is um, you know, 30 cents. Um, it gets discounted by half if the driver happens to be driving a zero emissions vehicle, like you know, plug in electric vehicle. Okay. Okay. So that's like one of the main ways that people are going to see the effects of this bill. Yeah. What else would you say? What else would the average person be able to see that is going to come from this huge piece of legislation? Well, so yeah, the most tangible stuff people will notice right away is is more road projects. Highways might get expanded. Uh, CDOT says it's it's trying to be a little more targeted about that because it's a very aware of, of uh, especially in a Democratic administration under Polis, of sort of the, the backlash they get from their own voters if they're trying to expand highways too much. But they, they do have some um, expansion projects like... You know, one of the ones I think that will resonate with a lot of people that they're trying to, to work on solutions for, and they actually have some projects queued up, is Floyd Hill up on I-70. That's that part where it goes down from three lanes to two as you're heading towards Idaho Springs, um, past Evergreen. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, bottlenecks there often whenever there's traffic. And, you know, it's a double whammy because you're also going down a, a steep hill with a curve at the bottom. And so people are slowing down anyway. So that's where traffic backs up. There's not a lot of space to work with there. So they're dealing with some some ideas of flyovers and and also expanding to just make sure there's that the the continuous lanes there too. So we're talking about highway expansions are in here? Yes, there are. And this is a democrat bill? It's a democratic bill. So Am I wrong to think that there's a little bit of a I don't know, I don't want to say hypocrisy, but like those seem like yeah. conflicting ideas in my head. The democrats would want to be doing highway expansions. I thought that was something democrats didn't like. Well, so it's interesting because that was one of the big um, points of controversy throughout this debate. Um, you have a Democratic bill. It's, their supporters tend to be more on the environmental side of the ledger, right? Um, at sure. least the vocal ones. And they, they didn't like this. Um, and not everybody has ended up supporting the bill. Some have sort of found it to be a, an okay compromise, but some have, have held firm and said, no, you're expanding roads. I love that you have all this other stuff in there, like with electric vehicles, and with reducing climate impact of of roads, but you're also expanding them. So how can, that you know these are conflicting um, things. the The thing is that was interesting to watch uh, because uh, you know they they talked carefully about it. But Democrats are politicians, right? And in in a state like Colorado, where everybody loves to explore the state, they probably would have gotten annihilated at the next election um, if they propose a transportation bill that didn't fix the existing roads and in some cases do some expansions. At least that's their thinking. Um, you know, the, it's, the it's the political reality of Colorado. People care about, they, they notice that when they drive into Kansas or, or uh, Utah, that the roads are much smoother and in much better shape and, and are more maintained. And so they kind of had to make a calculation here. Like, you know, we don't love to, to have a couple billion dollars worth of state highway projects in here, but our roads are in such terrible shape that we think it's needed. And our voters know that. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So let's talk about electric vehicles for a second. Cause I have, this is just, this is something that has been on the top of my mind for the last two weeks because our car broke down. Like it's really on its last legs. And I think we're going to have to start that really unpleasant process of replacing it. And obviously we're thinking about an electric car or a hybrid, but is there anything in this bill that would uh, push us 
further in one direction or the other or something that might help mm -hmm. out a little bit, making us make the right mm -hmm. decision for the Earth? As far as like direct incentives, there are not. You, if you were to buy an electric vehicle, especially a full electric vehicle, you will pay more in, in vehicle registration fees. And that's just sort of seen as a political reality because if, say, tomorrow everybody started driving electric vehicles, then nobody's paying the gas tax that raises the lion's share of highway revenue. But what they do want to do to encourage more people to buy them is the state is going to put a lot of money into banning infrastructure for electric vehicles to make sure that there are more charging stations out there, that they're available to the public. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's another piece that you mentioned earlier I want to pick back up on is um, this idea that like Democrats have a sense that in the next election, they could get burnt if they're not uh, expanding highways, investing in infrastructure in this way. Now, I still don't fully understand the politics around this. John, how do you think the average voter thinks about this stuff? I think it's voters sometimes have conflicting ideas in their head at the same time, right? Like, hey, we want to reduce climate change. Also, it really makes me mad that there's this bottleneck on the highway when I go skiing on I-70. Let's fix that. And so yeah. even though making it easier to drive on I-70 in the mountains will probably make, make it so that more people drive on I-70 in the mountains like, and, and that and re increases greenhouse gas emissions. And it's also how we end up with these massive bills that have tons of conflicting yeah. seeming projects in them. They're yeah. maybe a good reflection of the, the average voter's mind. And what I've heard um, both in testimony and in, in conversations with the environmental community, you know, there's, there are splits in that community. Some will have refused to, to support this bill in the end, but some have, have been a little bit more pragmatic and said, look, you know, this is moving in a new direction for state government um, to to." do what essentially will be behind California as the most expansive electric vehicle initiatives in the country. Um, we see that as, as a net win. We don't love um, the vehicle or the road expansion projects that are part of this, but this sets a toehold that we can then push to, to increase in the future. So a first step. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. In the end, they came up with a bill that nobody seems to love a whole lot, <laughs> but everybody <laughs> seems to, to have something to like about, um, even if they don't like the whole thing. You know, they seem to have threaded a needle that I was skeptical they would be able to. Sure, sure. Well, John Murray, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast. Thanks for having me. Before we go, a quick note on Friday's episode. We never called it a cheeseburger crawl. But to be fair, one of our friends on Twitter did point out a serious oversight on our part when we neglected to mention Denver's supposed claim to fame with the invention of the cheeseburger. Producer Alexander McMahon, you did some research. Will you do the honors? Yes. In my very cursory research, I, I found that uh, basically the story goes, uh, many believe the cheeseburger was invented right here in Denver, Colorado by Louis Ballast in 1935. I, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It might be Louis Ballast. Uh, Ballast owned a drive through restaurant called Humpty Dumpty Barrel which also claims to be the first drive-thru in Denver. So that's kind of interesting. And there's even a stone monument where the barrel stood on Spear Boulevard, just past Zuni Street, to memorialize the invention. So you can check that out. And Ballast also filed a trademark for the cheeseburger. So he has the trademark for the cheeseburger. You know that, that monument, that would have been the perfect place to end the burger crawl. We should have done that, 100%. So, sorry, Joe, and I wish you were there with us. Maybe next time. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, I recommend talking to a friend about it. That's my favorite way to enjoy podcasts. 
You can also subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, I hope you have a really good day. Oh... <laughs> uh...